0: And then I, was, I asked, who was the fellow on the cross? Jesus. Who's Jesus? He's the Son of God. I've told you. Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. He's the Son of God. Oh. He was born on Christmas Day and died on Easter. I didn't, he didn't hang around, did he? <laughs> what happened to him? He died because of you. <laughs> Christ died on the cross because of your sins. When was this? It was 2,000 years ago. They can't blame me. I'm only four for
1: quite a Can't believe these uh, these Jews, too. You know, they wait 40,000 years for the Messiah to come. He shows up, they kill him, and they give the business to
2: the Italians.
3: Have you seen that new clip on that new iron armor? Uh, Festus, I don't think you got a license for that one.
4: You better stop clicking it. Hey, Daddy, I want to start a Junior podcast too. Junior,
3: there ain't no
1: way you ever, ever clicked from my lord.
2: <laughs> Click here. Who are you?
1: I'm Clickman. Here?
3: Oh, Captain Kerr. Suppose you've not heard of the Click I hear it's a winner. Podcaster Master, how do you become number one?
1: Oh, my young brother. Remember, it's not the size of the cake. It's who is hearing. Holy! Hey, Rock! You
4: gotta
1: get up there! And you gotta think-click! You gotta push-click! And then you gotta click it, Rock! You gotta click it right there! Hello? Oh, this is Jim calling. Oh, i i don't know. I don't know, Dick. I think we, uh, clicked on all those. Oh, wait a minute. Here's one I have clicked on. Let me click right here. Uh, Mr. President, Mr. President, uh, Tom Willis, National Fire News. Is it true that uh, you're divorcing Nancy
3: to marry Brooke Shields? Is there any truth to that? Well, I'll answer that as soon as I can click here. Well, listen here, Pilgrim. You yeah, better, but just first click in there.
5: Because you're clicking here. But well, what we need to do is actually look at the evidence. And When you look at the evidence, there really is no Jesus there. What we have here is a, a myth which has been literalized. Once you see that, then the whole history starts to fall into a new pattern. People think, oh, why would anyone write a myth? But it's the language of the ancient world. Once literalist Christianity had been adopted by the Roman Empire, it was forced almost by its own logic to turn on the ancient mysteries. Because once you've got this idea that one man has come and is literally the son of God and you must literally believe in that history to be saved, you're almost duty-bound to enforce it. If you free yourself from your preconditioning and you pick up the gospel story, you can clearly see that this is a myth. Once I got over the shock, the most famous man who ever lived didn't. What What I found was that there was this incredible depth of mystical wisdom for me through the Western tradition.
3: It's difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends upon his not understanding it. Words of wisdom from Mr. Upton Sinclair as we begin episode 20, The Christ Myth Theory. Perhaps more theoretical than mythological, or would it be the other way around? What if we just said this? Jesus Christ, the man-god, never existed. And there is vast evidence to make this statement.
1: Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop everything. Stop the madness. Stop the podcast. Freeze. Everything. Now, okay, guys, what is the meaning of all this? What is this art stemmel up to now? To be honest, Lord, I don't know... He seems to think you're not a real person. You never came back. You said you would come back and you just let us rot out here. I knew something fishy was going on. Thomas!
3: No, it's okay, Peter. Thomas is right. He has a right to doubt. I know eventually this will come to light. Explain, master. Let me open your minds to understand once again.
1: The truth is,
3: I never return because I am a myth.
1: You mean you're not even a mister? He said myth, not miss. You're missing the mark. Mark, I mean, mythic. Enough! I'm not a missus or a mister or anything. I am a piezo-flavian fish-tell. Now I am hungry.
3: Then who are we conversing with?
1: Well, my myth is so powerful... Lots of people talk to me, even if I cannot even hear them. So powerful so long, it's widely held that I can hear them and answer them back. Well, that explains everything. The delay, the wars, famines, hatred, racing and dividing us all up. But aren't we the Rock? The Church?
3: Your chosen people? We're nothing without you, Lord. I'm afraid you've got it backwards, Pete. It is me who is nothing without you. Sheep need a shepherd. Um, myths need heroes. Messiahs need...
1: Messes! Cause that's just what you made out of this! You bet your sweet full of an ass! Blush for me! Don't you mean ass for me? No ass for you! And the Oscar goes
3: to... According to the biblical writ, he could walk on water, calm storms, multiply food, heal diseases, raise the dead. He could levitate his body up into the sky. He could read other people's minds. He had the power to walk into the old Jewish temple and completely overturn the the financial array of what's going on there by flipping the tables on them. He could dematerialize and re-materialize. He had power and influence over a group of people to the point that they would give their very lives to defend him and later the myth that it carried. So here we are, most of the people of these regional continents adhere to the belief that a man, God, walked the earth over 2,000 years ago. Well, at least the current version of this mythological tale. How many messiahs does it take to mess up civilization? Well, so far, about 20 to 25. Because as history has told us, are you doomed to repeat it if you don't understand it? This man-god said that the world will hate you because it hated me. And is this mythological tale, the one that we have now currently, this Jesus Christ mythological story, is it doing us any good? And if the person actually did exist, why would he have left when he did actually say in the scriptures, quote, For he
6: himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you.
3: I shall never leave you or forsake you. Never leave you and never forsake you. But then again, as we read in the book of Acts,
6: He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking
5: intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them.
3: Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, Come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Just a minute, man. Now, how'd he do that, man? He did a David Lane on everyone without balloons and said, I will be back. No,
4: man. How did he do all that other stuff, man? How'd he get off the ground, man? Oh, well, man, it's a magic dust, man. Some magic dust? Yeah, magic dust. It's far out, man. Hey, how come I've never met this dude, man? Oh, man, he doesn't do that bit anymore, man. It got too dangerous, man. Yeah, I can dig that, man, because that's a dangerous bit. Well, yeah, man. let me tell you, it sure was, man.
6: What's the catch? The catch. The catch is you will sever every human contact. Nobody will ever know you exist anywhere. Ever. Is it worth it? Oh, yeah, it's worth it. If you're strong enough. It's far out of me
3: or at least the so-called men in white standing around.
6: People are dumb, and you know it.
3: To the few witnesses said that he shall return in like manner as which you see him go, implying a cloud appearance one day. And this appearance one day never really happened and hasn't happened yet in physicality, if you go with the preterist point of view, though.
6: Now, the word preterism, comes from a Latin praetere, and it means past, that most or all end times references in the Bible have already come to pass.
3: This dematerialized Messiah is invisibly here around, but yet if that were so, what work is being done by this mythological spirit, this invisible return, the preterist point of view, you used to subscribe to this point of view. Preterism pre as in pre appearance. Preterist point of view. The appearance of the sky was nothing more than a metaphorical symbolic appearance. The lightning across the clouds symbolized the great power and all of the so called visions that took place in seventy AD at the destruction of that God's house temple there in Jerusalem and yeah that's a little curious God's house destroyed by man how does that work
1: listen up Centurion when God is not looking I want you to throw in his torch Right inside that holy of holies. And burn that sucker down. By order of the Roman frickin' blondes. So you mean like when God's not looking when his head's the other way? Did I stutter?
3: Um, well, I I guess that this God person, this G.O.D. entity, government on demand perhaps, just didn't quite have the um, power to hold back the Roman army. So, down, 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 the temple came. I remember getting a call from the uh, fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they were going to be able to contain the fire. I said, you know, we've had such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is is pull it. Uh,
4: And they made that decision to pull, and then we watched the building collapse.
3: But I digress once again. Back on the story of the mythological Christ. Now, a lot of people would say, blasphemy, such blasphemy, how dare you say that my Jesus, my Messiah, never existed. Oh, you're for sure going to hell. You are antichrist. You are the devil. The devil has taken over your soul. Spoiler alert, there is no devil either why would you need a devil and where is this devil anyway see the other podcast on this subject number 12 for details because that's where the devil is right but jesus christ the man god the powerful god the wizard the magic maker the floater in the sky on the sea walk on water all of these gifts And yet he leaves and forsakes and takes them with him up into the clouds and says, Oh, take this comforter, this paraclete, this uh, Holy Ghost, this Holy Spirit, whatever the heck that is. Oh, yes, I know, once again, blasphemy rang down upon me for even suggesting that. And perhaps now I am shuffled off into the lowest ebbs of the cauldron hell, boiling with my soul forever and eternity for even stating anything bad.
0: I learned to bless myself. first time I learned to bless myself was sadly when my uncle died. And he was being buried in a kind of remote part of the Dublin Mountains. And it was a real funereal day. The wind was whipping down rain. And I'm only really this big I'm kind of wandering around between these legs and this black crowd, and umbrellas and dripping rain. This bloody hole in the ground. And oh, Christ, I didn't know what it was all about. And I'm watching the coffin being lowered into the ground. And I hear the priest say what I think. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and into the hole he goes. That's how I blessed myself for years. In the Father, Son, and into the Holy Ghost. What did you say? In the name of the Father, Son, and into the... Into the Holy Ghost! He goes into the Holy Ghost! He didn't go into the hole! I was there! I saw him! He went into the hole!
3: Well, spoiler alert there again, there is no holy ghost. There is no holy spirit to blaspheme. These are parlor tricks of ancient era that just kind of stuck around, supported by government entities, supported by those who are in control of the masses, swaying the narrative like a giant pendulum that just seems to go on and on and on forever. Who do The general public. I mean, it sounds so fantastic that you'd have this person with all these Melodies. And then all of a sudden, poof, gone, I'll be back later. Kick that can down the calendar trail for eons and see how it floats bounces around on every gutter and sidewalk. Yeah, kick it, just keep kicking it, because it was the year 666, that's for sure this messiah would be turning and make things right, didn't happen. Oh, well, we were off just a bit. How about the year 1,000? That's a good round number. No, wrong again. Dressed in white, and then your whitey-tidies on the roof, ready to be taken up in this rapturous glee. Didn't happen then. Oh, well, you know, we were wrong. How about the year 1666? Give it another whirl with your a mark of beastliness, uh, no, didn't happen then either, and so this can kicks down the alley through the street and gutter, and
6: everyone just gets a little
3: nether nudge, kind of like the space program, each presidential party says, oh, we're going to it, we're going to go back to the moon, we're going to go to Mars, we're going to go up Uranus, this is what we're going to do, come on, guys. So these mythological tales just keep getting kick 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 down the way we go. Surely he will come back in the year nineteen eighty-eight. You know I got eighty-eight reasons right here in this book that state why he will return. It didn't happen. Oh 89? Nope, not then either. 93, 95, 97. Oh, wait a minute. Y 2K. Here we go. I've got computers back this one up. Look, here's the point as long as you can get a group of people, a large mass of people, to keep putting their faith and hopium hope into this story, this fantastic deliverance of this manasaya. Gonna come back and make things right, as long as you can keep everybody keeping them, believing it in the,
6: the literature is a literary time bomb, and it's designed really to bring about legacy. It has all these other purposes, Uh, You know, it was designed to pacify the Jews, it was uh, uh, designed to create anti-Semitism, but really it's vanity. That's really what the literature is. It was, it's just like the Arch of Titus, this enormous physical structure was created to uh, you know, promote the legacy of a particular individual. The Gospels are meant to operate in the same way and the fact that it's going to be this you know, an enormous reversal of our understanding of ourselves. That's what the individual wanted. They want that explosion because they want the legacy. They want people to recognize how clever Caesar was to create this confusion. Um, and it's it's um, uh, you know the Gospels are, are 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 going to eventually unravel, and it's It really does, I mean, now that the information is out, some scholars contest my thesis, others are supporting it. If you go on any of the many websites that discuss it currently, you'll see that there are, you know, people who like it and people who dislike it. But ultimately, um, I am certain that it will eventually be the, you know, the common understanding of the Gospels. Once the information has been brought out, it really can't ever be put back in the bottle. And it's just a question of how long the process is going to take. Um, As far as I'm concerned, it can take, you know, 2,000 years. I have no particular desire to be, you know, sort of an anvil for this information. Um, But now that it's out, uh, in little increments and drips and drabs, you know, just in different small ways at first, um, the people will start to recognize that the Gospels really aren't religious literature. They are a mockery of a particular genre of uh, of Judaic literature, typologic prophecy, and they are a vanity piece. They're really written to show off Caesar's genius.
3: Just extend this on down the eons. Big government loves that. So if you mess up and thought, or oh, dude, oh my God, you mean it can read my. It's
4: time to get your mind out of the gutter.
3: (laughs) Oh, wow. What a control grid on a lockdown phase netting and webbing the entire regional six continents. So this story is powerful. This story is supported year after year by government after government, religion after religion.
0: My first day, at school, this convent, long, winding driveway up to it. One of those gothic doors, great studs in it, and rang the bell, and it opened, and there's one of these nuns, flapping. <laughs> terrifying, terrifying, three and a half, four years of age, terrifying. What do you want, little boy? My mm-hmm. mummy, my mummy and daddy said I've got to come here. Yes? Well, if you come here, you've got to be a good little boy. Will you be a good little boy? And I could see Pastor. And there's a fellow nailed to a cross. <laughs> I thought you're bloody right, I'll be a good little boy.
3: All the world's religions in some way, shape, or form will quote from this man-god, the Jesus Christ myth, the one that fuels them all. One ring to rule them all. And so... Islam says, "Oh well, you know, Allah does not have any sons, but this Jesus guy will give him enough uh, power to at least be a nice prophet, and he will return." Yeah. Okay. So, now we got uh, two major world religions that are going in on this one.
0: Did he have a daddy? Of course he had a daddy. I've told you he had a daddy. God was his daddy. He had a mummy. Yes, he had a mummy. Mary was his mummy. So God was married. Mary. No, God was not married to Mary. Mary was married to Joseph.
3: <laughs> and then there's all the springboards. The Catholic um, family started this off and branched to Protestantism and all the denominational denominations. Some people would say demon in nation. <laughs> they as well. So, yeah, you know, let put in God. Trust on that denominational currency. Like some kind of ebbing, flowing, or ever currency around the world. Around? Yeah. Round them up, because they are whirling. Really whirling. And now you've got a messiah, you've got government, and you have actually got a corporation. a corporations. But corporations reign and rule and do what they will do. And here we are. The power... The control grid clamps down once again, this time with more power and influence, big bank, big corporations, letting the governments and religions of the world do their dirty work as they just reap it in and control it down. This Messiah story is the impetus to keep it real. We have to go back in time. We have to go look at historical books. We have to look at where this all started, and it does have an origin. Point, Perhaps 10,000 years ago, the first Messiah, Anama, a female, as they call them, uh, Messiah, with the rising and dying, birth date around, the ebbing, of the sun in the sky, the solstice of the winter months, the sun coming down to the low, and the days are shorter and darker, and where did the sun Oh, and then all of a sudden, within three days or so, it starts to angle back up, and the days become longer and brighter, and, you know, here we go, the cross in the middle of a circle dividing into four sections of a pie. This is what we have, and the astrological people jump in here, and they take the astronomical uh, data and overlay the sky with some type of world-encompassing religion to start things. So they divide the sky to these quarters and sections, and the sun will set and set will rule in the darkness. And then Horus will walk across the day, 12 steps. And then you have Isis and Osiris and the divisions of time and religion. And when you go into a steeple, uh, at one of these modern-day churches, people don't have any idea what that pointy thing really is. Yeah, it is what you think it might be referring to. The phallic symbol. The missing piece of the puzzle divided 14 pieces all around in this mythological story that had to be assembled. And then when they couldn't find, or she couldn't find the last one, of course, made a nice golden one with power to impregnate and rule. And the sex goddesses and the sex religions and sex cults come in here. And Istar, Istar s and you paint these girls all these different pastel colors and send them throughout the woods and then go have your way with them the sex and the temple cults and all of this priestessness stuff I tell you what you know religion I really think it does in Latin understand this definition religion to withhold or to stop or to stump or to hold back or to control down
6: Okay, what do you think is the real purpose of the Pisos writing
3: the New Testament?
4: Population control, of course. They wanted to be, first to control the slaves and poor people, and they have to pay less, they have to collect uh, fewer taxes from the aristocracy. You didn't have to have a soldier at every door. You could scare the heck out of them. They use religion. a lot of fear and a little bit of hope just like the Stoics controlled the masses yeah. before the rise of Christianity with, with a combination of fear and hope you could control these poor illiterate people whom you did not allow citizenship to you did not allow literacy to you did not give Bibles or books into their possession you kept them stupid and illiterate and as long as you could do that and it lasted to the 15th century You could control the masses, even the Renaissance, which was deliberately set up by the church to mollify the masses. they didn't allow them to read in that time, in the 1400s. It wasn't until the invention of the the, um, the Gutenberg Bible and the printing press, the 1500s, and the rise of Martin Luther and and, uh, reading your Bible, and then the Brits singing the Spanish Armada in 1588. That Western man finally rose from the
3: from Freedom the self.
4: control and manipulation, hatred and murder imposed by Christianity, all in the name of love and salvation and, ki- and kindness.
3: But all, all the time the religious and political leadership all knew the PISOs had written it.
4: Because they were induced to join up. Look at the money. Look at the control. Oh well,
3: it's the leadership wanted control of of the masses to that control way. Control the masses. Yeah, control the masses. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what it does. Led by that guy on the Titanic, realms. I am the king of the world, the Jesus Christ myth himself. And if this person really did exist, why would it have ever left and taken the magic tricks? Because now let's look what would have happened hypothetically. The Jesus man God never leaves. He decides to stay put there in the Middle East to rule and theocratically reign. And then oh, there's going to be a world war, ha ha, not on my watch. There's not even going to be military issue uh, devices and weapons and armory because this man God will not stand for it. He'll keep the peace and make the peace. Oh, Jesus, have you heard? There's an incoming Katrina oh, on the New Orleans coast. You must do something now, and dematerialize materialized go. Zoom on the shore, and hold up the hands, and say, peace. Be still. No hurricane that day. People then. What a great deterrent. So glad you stuck around, Jesus. So glad you didn't leave and forsake. Oh, Jesus, have you heard? Way over there in Africa, they're starving once again. We've got to come over there. Get my good baskets and the fish and bread and multiply. Maybe modern day, um, pork and beans, steak nuggets, and french fries. Maybe some garden vegetables just appear in the desert you never go away. You never starve. Because here you got this Messiah. You got this magical, wondrous person of power and tricks that can just make things good. Oh, Jesus! They're thinking about putting usury on loans and when people borrow large amounts of money, they got to pay back, oh, so much more. Not on my watch. Do you see this whip in my hands? I got these cords together. Remember what I did in the temple with the tables. You don't want to go there. So then we have freedom of loans, like it should be. Jesus, oh yeah, please. Where did you go? Why did you leave? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Cotton Jay. J? Where did you go? Stay a while. Make things right. No world wars. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, Jesus, we got a COVID-19 alert. COVID-19 alert. Really? Ha ha ha. And then on national television, he spits in his hands and rubs them together and points them at the screens and says, COVID, co-gone. No pandemic. Not even in 1919. Not even in 1918. Not even in six, six, eight. No pandemics. No worldwide floods. No anything bad. I don't worry about it. I'm here, guys. I'll take care of everything in the bureaucratic ways. Aren't you glad I didn't leave and forsake you? Aren't you glad I stayed put? Because now, oh, I can make sure that everything is good to go. And then we live in this utopian state. And who needs a heaven when you? Do you see now, click here, listen, does this make any sense to you? What is the point of having a brief utopian maker for three years or so walking around the Middle East then exiting stage left and leaving the world to go to hell and pot for years and thousands and hundreds and seemingly this person is never coming back to make things right should have never left to make things wrong, should have never been a concept to put people in such a tailspin. So distracted. I remember when I was a younger man, I was so caught up with trying to get a job out of high school, and I told the recruiter, you know, the signs are around here. There's going to be a return of Christ. Why should I waste my time preparing for school and college and getting ready and all that? Just on the verge of a better society. The return of Christ. And so many people have that attitude. You know they say don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Well, it looks like that's not sinking in. This heaven concept. This way out. And then all of a sudden, you start thinking differently about your fellow society. I'm not worried about cleaning up this place. I'm not going to be around here. It's going to burn up anyway. Religion is not just a distraction. Religion is a detraction from reality. Religion is, if you break down the words, really gone. It needs to be gone. It needs to be have a lid put on it, buried in a time capsule, and lost. You don't want to open this back up again. So, the Christ myth theory establishes its fact that we have this hope in the future. We have this person that's going to make things all right, but it never seems to happen. But we don't pray enough. We don't have enough faith enough. We don't, we're not, all the signs aren't lined up. We don't have enough earthquakes and wars. Bring those on. Yeah, let's make things really terrible down here. Let's force the hand of the Messiah to come early. Start gathering Jewish people in one place. Maybe that'll be some kind of a uh, prophecy that we can force the hand with. Um, let's uh, you know make prayer away from school, you know, and then uh, see what happens there. But don't worry about having molestation in churches. That'll be okay. You know, just just make sure that that schools are clean. The churches can do whatever they want. You know, they've got that exemption of tax. Yeah, they're taxing all right. So then you've got religion saying, oh, we get a pass, and we're going to throw a Hail Mary at you. Uh Uh-huh. This is the problem. What is our option? What can people do? Well, sad to say, when uh, one person comes up with these delusional ideas of uh, churchianity and messiahship, they're considered uh, a little off the rocker. But when a huge mass of people It's called, you guessed it, a religion. And the opium of the people, Mr. Marx said, is religion. It gives them this false opium hope of the future. Days forward to be past. Days in the future that we can grasp and roll back down here. And don't worry about the present. Oh, just burn the present under the tree. We've got a Futurama ahead of thee. We're going to have things much better. So don't worry so much about what shape of the Earth that we have. Uh, in this regional section, this little minutiae. Yeah, on an endless Earth, if you've heard episodes number 14 and number 18, respectively, the universe and the source Creator on this particular podcast right here, then that sets the foundation to let you see, way into the future, perhaps, maybe things be better. If enough people understand, through free knowledge, through the free internetting, that we can somehow crack the code, and in a hundred years or so, just completely eradicate all religion of every kind, and understand and wake up that we are one with the one that made us, way before the religions were ever invented. And the control grid comes down. The banksters lose. Technology reigns. And we have a better society. Oh, could it only be that something? Could it only be that swell? Well, I guess it's yet to see. So, this podcast has had an opportunity to maybe enlighten you, make you think differently. A messiah that promised to make things wonderful, then leaves and it seemingly never returns. So how wonderful really is that? And then all of these so-called evil elite people seem to be the real God. Seem to be the real people in control. The corporate religions take over and make our lives miserable. Throwing pandemics around into the worldly,
7: worldly world.
3: Throwing in misery on loans throwing in wars, threatening wars, fake nukes, fake devils, fake religions, fake messiahs, all of this. And then the the pharmaceutical company comes in to make things better so that we can swallow this pill easier and medicate the entire world with all these worldly, worldly, worldly pills and concoctions and potions and bring our brains down to a Floridian level of not even care. Get on an elevator. And the first thing you want to do is zip your mouth, turn your head forward, and wait mindlessly, quietly, not crack a smile, and not say anything to anyone, because this is the way society should be. Don't rock that boat. Don't make waves. Go along to get along. Don't stand out. Tuck that tinfoil in if you've got any. Don't let people think you're different here. Yeah. Don't let anyone in your cult think that you know you're in a cult. They're in a cult. But you can't say anything about it because you're so wrapped up. In it. You'd lose your governmental control. You'd lose your job. you lose your position of family and friends. You'd lose everything if you dare mouth out that you're living in a false religion, a false cultic religion. And yeah, when I say cult, I'm not talking about... These small cults that break off of a true religion, because guess what? There is no true religion. That's only a a company that makes apparel, and it is apparently true that religion seems to be something respected, and you should be ecumenical, and you should coexist, and you should get along with the other religions, and don't judge. Yeah, well, what we all need to do is judge our intellect. Judge what we've been told, brought through our generational understandings. Where did mom and dad get their religion and their information from? Where did they get it from? And it goes on and back and back. Always question the narratives. Question why do we have to have a messiah if we don't have any sins? Sins are made up like the news. The nuke-scare, fake, uh, exploding world, uh, fear porn, is akin to sin. Because if you sin, you are transgressing in no law of God. Therefore, you are in big trouble and you're going to end up in a hot place one day Unless you say the prayer on your deathbed seconds before you kick off this mortal coil, make everything right, and do a U-turn from hell to heaven. Just because you said this Jesus Christ myth God come into my heart. The hell does that even mean anyway come into my heart? Knowledge, reason, reason comes into the intellect. You have to study and realize how controlled you are. So here we are. Christ myth theology. Christ myth. It really should be missed. Miss the Christ. Just don't even understand. Uh, It uh, to the point where you are under it and you are being stood upon Yeah, your prayers bounce off the ceiling in that scenario and they come back down as pray Instead of P-R-A-Y it converts to P-R-E-Y and you are now prayed upon Pastor disaster minister sinister the priest with the least And they sit there in that whole pit and try to pull you down into it, and you are in the congregation sitting in a stanky, stanky pew. So you let that point person rule your spiritual life and tell you what to do and make you feel guilty. So you walk down the aisle and get down on one knee and make sure you don't moon the audience with your appearance. And say the prayer and into your heart this mythical man. Really? And you feel good for what? About two lunches and shonies and you don't even need a tip. And then all of a sudden you're right with the world. Right with the God. Right with your religion. Because your sins have been covered by the blood. The blood? Really? So this God is going to kill its son? It sounds a whole lot like the ancient days of the Baal worship, you know, Joe versus the volcano type of thing, where you're throwing these infants or virgins into the volcano or into the fire or ripping their heart out. It really sounds like a big, light, mess. And then they switch it over just to the animals for the temple, or you're just gonna cut the throat of a, uh, of a chicken or a, or a big giant uh, red heifer. And that blood will cover us. Really, how does that work out anyway? I mean, it's it's not even a good freak show. You know, if you have a red heifer, let it walk around. You know, pay a quarter to see this thing. Don't kill it and have its blood do something for you. That is so heinous. So all these stabbings and crucifixings and slicings and dices come down through the pipe. And then all of a sudden we're going to do this to the Messiah. And somehow its blood is going to be like super blood and just cover all the sins of the world. Well, there are no sins to be covered. You're not born broken. You're not born in the Baroque period. Uh You're not born needing to be fixed. Actually, in fact, when children are born, they are perfect. They are complete in every way. Go to the mall now that they're opening them up again and look at the little kitties play there in the little play area, the soft bone, and the little turtles that poke their head up and they dance around, push around, and they see all these multitudinal children, some in different colors, some purple, some magenta children, green children. All these children of different flavors. Some of these children's eyes are a little more narrow than mine, but my nose is wider than yours. But you know what? They don't give two shits to the wind. They play and they have fun and as far as they're concerned, you're invisible, you're just another child. They are perfect. Now how in the hell do they get so corrupted? Well, of course, there's your answer sitting around the area monitoring them with their cell phone up their ass, Google Facebooking and Instagram gramming, crackering, and then all of a sudden there's children having so much fun, and they look at them and they wonder, hmm, I remember when I was that innocent and dumb. They don't realize that they really shouldn't be playing with Michael over there. He's a little bit too dark purple for them. But, you know, I guess they'll figure that out later. So here we are. You're not born broken. You're not born in need of some kind of uh, fixing. It's really the fixers, the parents, the teachers um, on agenda syllabi from the government, the priests. All of these people so-called that have all the answers are going to take these innocent young children who don't give two shits. What their child friend looks like, as long as they're just playing, that's the main thing. And they're going to corrupt them. They're going to corrupticate them. They're going to hegemacate them. They're going to turn them into, uh, I guess, something that needs to be fixed at that point. And enter religion. Old enough to understand these concepts. Oh, yeah, we're going to need a ass up my asshole so to fix my problems. Because now I'm all corrupted up. I'm no longer an innocent child. In fact, I'm messed up i might even break a few laws i might turn into a juvenile delinquent well how the hell did that happen thanks mom and dad so here's these kids grown up now just like the parents that screwed them up and this is the society that we live in so now you need big bank you need big pharma you need big medical uh, you need all of these entities to help these now wayward teens throwing things at each other stabbing shooting acting a fool, a lot of them medicated the psychotropic medications that caused them to act in these ways. They got sin in their life. Don't understand really what that means, but, well, you know, the pastor explained it to me. Everyone's born with sin, of the original sin, the Adamic sin. You know, you know that snake in the garden was and adamantly... Eve. <laughs> So, uh, you weren't there, but, eh, you know, Adam screwed it up for you anyway, and then all of a sudden, now, you are guilty the blood is on your hands, you're no longer able, you need to be caned, probably, for all your disgraceful thoughts, actions, and deeds, oh, you're so messed up. So, religion's there, catch you when you fall, say a prayer, bow your knee, and then get unbroken, uh, and then, wait a minute, I still have these thoughts. I still want to sin, 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 even though i got Jesus in my heart, heart, heart. What? How's that work? Oh, you're just not reading Bible enough. Oh, you need to come to your church more frequently. You need to be a frequent flyer, you know what I'm saying? And you need to have more of this um, churchianity in your heart so you can, um, wait a minute, I thought Jesus was in my heart. How did that sin get in there? He's supposed to be kicking it out like some kind of a kung fu fighter. No, no, doesn't work that way. You messed up. You're going to need religion. You're going to need the pastor. You're going to need to confess. You're going to need to confess. You're going to need the church. You're going to need accountability because your sins are just really hard on you. looks like Jesus wasn't that powerful enough to keep you um, unbroken. So here we go. All of our lives holding on to this hope that the church will take care of me until I can just get up yonder to the great chariot of higher. Take it. The sky. well good luck with that because uh, it ain't gonna happen you're gonna reincarnate and you're gonna come back to this universe and hopefully not on these six continents you did your time don't come back here choose another land go a billion miles in any direction and try it again hopefully you land in a civilization that's got uh, their shit together <laughs> a little bit better than there is Maybe you'll land in a civilization where it's not 1 over 99. Maybe it's like uh, 99 over 1. Or better yet, how about this? Everybody's 100% all in. When they find a cure for this or that or the other disease, it's put on the public bulletin board here. The cure and everyone is the wiser. Thanks for tuning in today to today's podcast. This has been Art Stemmel with episode 20 of The Christmas the Theory. If you like what you've heard, if you're not offended, if you haven't tuned out, perhaps maybe you would think about supporting this podcast. You can do it through PayPal and just send donations to the email. Click here, podcast at gmail.com, to help keep this airtime together and going. You could also send us just a simple email or um, some kind of comment on one of the episodes then it will be answered for you. Let's make this community wiser. Let's all join together and pitch out all the standard narrative that don't do us well anymore. All right, be sure to tune in next time for episode 21. We're going to be having an interview, a special folk herbologist with Sylvia Watson. So do tune in for that interview. Learn all about how to eat uh, off the land. It's going to be really interesting. Here's a preview of Next Time with Sylvia
1: that um start to figure out that we are super duper connected to the earth and that the earth provides us with a lot of abundance of things that can heal us and um help our bodies and help us to be strong that whenever the control oligarchs small groups of people feeling that they need had the need to control and it goes all the way back really to like the days of like you know caesar you know there were a lot of uh, pagans in Europe at the time, they... You know, got their power and their you know health and those kinds of things from the
3: land. Thank you once again for tuning in. This has been Art Stemmel. Hope you have a wonderful day, evening, and morning whenever you're listening to this. And we do really appreciate your support. If anything, just send a comment or two. Lately, the podcast has been getting some higher ranks on Podomatic.com, the flagship posting platform. We do appreciate all your listens, and um, we've been putting up some fun. Funny stuff up there, too. Started a new thing called uh, Art-I-Fact. Uh, kind of an empirical, um, obviously uh, learned things in life that I, um, anybody could really empirically agree with if they just kind of looked uh, through that lens. Uh, these are things that are obvious. These are things that every day we can see. Um and if you have any ideas or suggestions for some more Art I Facts, please send them my way. I'd love to hear from you. Again, the email is podcast, and that's spelled H-E-A-R, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I noticed there's another um, podcast out there spelled H-E-R-E. I wonder why that emerged. Um, about... Two or three years after this one started. Anyway, whatever. Um, can someone say, uh, Shillerific? <laughs> you, you know you're over the target when you start getting all the flack, right? And there's no other greater form of flattery than, um, what is that? Um, Personation or uh, um, replicating, duplicating? Um, whatever. Uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time.
7: We have serious problems with with the um the story itself there are contradictions there are absurdities there are repellent doctrines there are anachronisms that that make it it just seems so artificial and uh even if you get past those parts i don't think this guy was such a great character in the long run i don't think this this person would be worthy of worshiping i don't think this person should be going down in history as the greatest man who ever lived not at all there are so many other people who have done so much more and, you know, lived a little bit longer than that. We're <laughs> talking about, what, 33 at maximum, that this person supposedly was, and accomplished people, other people have accomplished much more. So why are we so, ooh, about agog about this particular character, whether or not he was real? He's just not, I don't see him as the greatest role model. People have, other people have managed to live their lives much more smoothly and with less trauma and carrying on than, than, uh, than him and these, these um, repellent doctrines are, are hard to overlook I mean, we can't just overlook the fact that he was that he supposedly said things like unless you hate your mother and father you can't follow me unless you uh, you know and not a word condemning slavery slavery at the time this is, this is something ludicrous okay when Jesus supposedly lived now, if you were the god of the cosmos, would you come down in a backwater where there is nobody practically? Well, that's the depiction in the story. It's <laughs> a small, tiny place with just a few handful of people and shepherds. And... In the land far, even... far
3: away, yes, yeah, like yeah. Luke Skywalker or something.
7: <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was out in the middle of nowhere.
1: Been 2,000
7: years since
1: you up then left us Right up through the clouds without an phone. Through weather and war and COVID and earthquake, predictions dragged down, we glided along. Where, oh where Jesus are you tonight? Why did you leave us here all alone? You searched the world over and found it unworthy. You flew to heaven and you were gone.
0: I am living for the Lord. I am living for the Lord.
2: Then I saw him in the crowd. A lot of people had gathered round him. The beggar shouted to the lepers, called him. The old man said nothing, he just stared about him. Oh, Before his feet he fell Unclean, so the leper rang his bell Felt the palm of a hand touch his head Go now, go now, you're a new man instead Oh, It hurt throughout the land. them to Bethlehem, made it hurt throughout the land, God was a leader of men, yes we're all going down to see the Lord Jesus, all going
1: down, to see the Lord Jesus, all going You're listening to the Click Here Podcast, brought to you by New Airways Audio Productions.